This episode has been sponsored by Connor Insurance, an auto owner's insurance company. Hi, this is Abby at Connor Insurance. There have been record amounts of rain all across the country this year. Most damage occurs when water backs up in your drains and basement fixtures. If you have a basement, you need to check the limit your policy provides for water backup. If you aren't sure how to check, just give me a call or visit us at ConnorINS.com. Shepherd has been serving the children of Indianapolis and helping families for 34 years. We work to break the cycle of poverty on the near east side of Indianapolis because we love the children in our neighborhood. We are privileged to watch our neighbors grow physically, emotionally, spiritually, and academically through the relationships we build every day. Partnered with Shepherd by donating $34 to celebrate 34 years. Visit shepherdcommunity.org slash BLF to join us. And now the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Well, hey, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert. I'm your host here at Bottom Line Faith. And if this is your first time joining us here for the program, thanks for tagging along. Thanks for plugging in, tuning in. If you're a regular listener, welcome back to another episode where we love to to have the opportunity. We travel north to south, east to west, all across this great land. And we interview some of the most godly leaders in the marketplace who are faithful followers of Christ and are hoping and looking to leverage their marketplace platform for the glory of the Lord. And so, uh, listen, folks, we are in an interesting time of the recording of this Bottom Line Faith podcast. We're right about two weeks into our uh, international crisis around the COVID-19 um, um um, situation around the world. And so we're doing today's interview in just a little bit different format. We're using Zoom video. I'm not trying to make a plug for Zoom, but that's what we're doing. I have on the line with me, Tanya Crevier, who is an, an international speaker in entertainment at Enthusiasm International and a world-class entertainer. And we're going to learn all about that. Tanya, welcome to Bottom Line. Thank you, Ray. I'm so glad that you invited me to be on the program today. Well, listen, Tanya, um, wh where where do you live? Where are you calling in from? Uh, let's hear a little bit about what's going on in your world. I live in Elkton, South Dakota, and I've actually been in Indiana a lot over the last 39 years. I do basketball camps in and around that area, Taylor University basketball camp, a lot of basketball camps in and around Indiana. I've done fever half times, pacer half times. So I travel to Indiana, and I'm there most of the summer, actually, Ray. So I feel like I'm almost home when I get back to your area. <laughs> well, we'll have to make sure to get connected and maybe have coffee or dinner when you're in the area. This, And I'm going to pray that we will all be able to travel by the summertime, right? Yes, exactly. Me too. Well, Tanya, we're going to get into your faith journey. We're going to learn about, you know, how Christ has changed your life and how you um, – attempt to live out, you know, your faith and glorify Lord in the marketplace. But you really do have a unique talent. You really have some unique skill sets that you, uh, that you perform on an international basis. And could you um, show, show us here on Zoom video? Do you have that ball nearby? I do. It's like right watching here. Watch it on video. Check this out, gang. <laughs> you can even keep it going with one hand. Look at that. So if you're listening on um, just audio right now, she is spinning a on her thumb, one-handed, and just like using her fingers to keep that rascal, you know, 
You've seen the Harlem Globetrotters do this, and now, Tanya, what is the most, you're like a world-class handler, and you use it for entertaining and, and bringing about a great message. We're going to learn more about that. What's the most number of basketballs that you've had spinning at the same time? When I do my show, I usually spin 10. What? Yeah, that's amazing. It's a lot of work, a lot of practice to get to that point. But I have um, my brother and one of my nephews actually have a new world record of spinning 30 basketballs simultaneously. So 10 around my household here is just chump change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that makes for great Thanksgiving dinners, right? Yes. So, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of wondered, you know, whether it's, it's like I've dabbled where I spin a coin on the tabletop or things like mm -hmm. that. Um, when, a, when a ball is really rotating like that, like how many revolutions per minute is a good spin? And how long will a ball actually go if you've got a good spin on it? You know, I've never really studied the physics of that, but my brother's really good at that. He would probably have an answer for you. Okay. <laughs> I just know that when you spin something round on your finger, it actually defies gravity, but the centrifugal force of the ball, with a lot of practice, you just learn how to hit your finger exactly on that south pole and yeah. then just keep it going. It just is amazing to see how God has used in my life a spinning basketball and used it to open up so many doors because it's such an, like you said, an unusual talent. It's a gifting that truly came from the Lord that he allows me to use this to reach kids and they want to learn how to do it and they want to hey try this try that so it grabs kids attention just in a phenomenal way well I, I think the closest I've got to that Tanya is I <laughs> like that the rake or the, the broom and I put it in the palm of my hand and I just kind of balance it up that's the closest I've ever got so it's an amazing talent. now your background you played uh, collegiately if I have my facts right four years at South Dakota State University mm -hmm. Yeah, actually had a three-year stint as a professional women's basketball player, and you've had the you've been at this in your career and your ministry for how long? Like, give us a mindset of of um, number of performances or number of countries or you know just help us understand a little bit more about your career, and then we'll get into some of the specifics. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to South Dakota State and got to play basketball there, and. I actually played four sports there too, Ray. I played volleyball for four years and ran track for two years and then played softball one year. But basketball certainly was my favorite. And I mean, I grew up in a big family. I have six brothers and five sisters. So we were always playing sports. So I grew up as an athlete, always wanted to play something. And so not, it, it wasn't anything for me just to try out for a team. And cause I knew how to hustle. I knew how to, yeah work hard and then when I got a chance to try out for that women's professional team that was like a dream come true for a small town girl from South Dakota so I got to play in the first ever women's pro league which is the WBL and hmm. they actually inducted our whole league into the women's basketball hall of fame as being trailblazers and Ray I think that's kind of interesting because I feel like I've blazed a trail my entire life with doing the show, sharing your testimony as you're doing it, and continuing to teach the skill, but then using it as a platform and inspiration. So our league got put into that Women's Basketball Hall of Fame as Trailblazers, and I thought to myself, 
I've been doing that my whole life. <laughs> you know, kind of carving a path, but yet the Lord is leading. It says in the Proverbs to trust in him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And he's the one that will make your path straight. And here's the real testimony. When I started learning to do this stuff, I didn't know that it would actually be my ministry. I did yeah. it for fun. I wanted to use it to increase my skill level so I could play at the collegiate level. And my goal, even though they didn't even have a, my high school didn't have a team till I was a junior, but even at a young age like that, my goal was to play pro basketball. Yeah. And I was barely playing high school basketball. So I had my sights set on these goals and I really believe that those dreams, those goals are put there by the Lord. And so I kept in, uh, practicing and my older brothers knew a guy named George Shower that could spin basketballs. And so when my brothers came home, they showed me how to do it. And so boy, when my brothers went back to college, they said, Tanya, this guy named George, he can spin the ball, hit it off his arm and catch it, do all these fun things, you know? And so when they went back to school, I'd be home practicing. And I had all this enthusiasm, this excitement to just be better and better. And, and it's like, I've never advertised what I do, but the Lord is so faithful. He's opened up every door. I've been to, invited to all 50 states at one time or another, performing, speaking in either a school, a prison, a, like a fair, a basketball camp, a halftime show, whatever. And I've been invited to over 35 countries around the world. Oh, my. A lot with the NBA and just amazing. I mean, <laughs> I think when God has your heart, he takes what you love and he turns it into something, you know? <laughs> so, so true. It's really a, a walking, living testimony. That's amazing to me. And so, Tanya, as you look back over the, did you say, how, how many years have you been out performing doing this? You call this <laughs> spectacular basketball show. Yeah, about 39 years. 39 years. So yeah. this may be a little bit of an unfair question, so forgive me in advance. But as you look back over the 39 years, do any does one or two particular event or performance or opportunity stand out to you that was like really really memorable or meaningful for you? Does anything stand out at all? I think it is the transition to go from like an NBA halftime to a prison ministry. Hmm. So this one weekend I did that. I did an NBA playoff game. And then from there, I got on the plane and went right to a prison ministry event that I was invited to. And so I was telling the guys in the prison, and I said, you know, just yesterday I was performing in front of thousands of people. And I said, but I wanted to come here. I wanted to come visit you because it says in the Bible to visit those that are in prison. And I said, sure, that was fun being in front of all those people at a big NBA playoff game. But I said, I really enjoy this more because I can kind of share my heart with you guys and let you know why I'm really here. It's because Jesus handpicked me to be here to represent him in this prison today. And he put me in front of that NBA it was actually a 76er playoff game. I remember that. And that's, it was actually when Dr. J was still oh, playing. Yeah, so Julius Irving, yeah. And that next day I got on a plane and went to a prison with Bill Glass, you know, behind the walls prison ministry. And it just really, I thought, look at this. God has me in front of this 
audience where you're uh, maybe on national TV, whatever, but yet he takes me down to the ones that are forgotten about. And I think just the extreme of that, Ray, I think it really fascinates me and how much joy I get in both of them. Sure, it's nerve wracking. You're in front of thousands of people yeah. up there. And you go and you go into a prison and you see these guys that they're thanking you over and over for coming in. And I tell you what, I just it's it brings me to a spiritual high on both ends. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Or even like in elementary school. I remember this elementary school, I was standing in front of the audience. And the elementary kids, the kindergartners were sitting on the floor and I had the microphone in my hand and I had my other hand, you know, down by my leg and just on the side. And this little girl in the front row, she reached up and touched my finger like that, just as I was talking. And she looked over I looked down there after she touched me and she looked at her friend and she said to her friend, because I was still talking, but I saw what she said. She said, I touched her. <laughs> and I tell you what, I, I was moved almost to tears because I thought that's like the woman at the well touching the hem of the garment of Jesus. Cause I represent the Lord. You never know what it did in that little girl's life because I represent the Lord wow. and I brought the presence of God into that school. And to her, that meant the world, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, Oh my. So the next time I spoke, okay to that same audience i moved up there again to her and i wondered if she would do it again and she did <laughs> <laughs> and i thought you know god's touching that little girl in front of this entire student assembly and god's doing something powerful right in her little corner for life and it's like how why would you not want to go to these schools and it's always been my prayer lord every high five i give every hand i shake the, to the administrators and Lord, may your just power just move through as I represent you. And it's not about what you can and cannot share because when you're in a public school, you're limited and yeah, but there's no limit for me because there's, you can't put a bushel basket over the light. What <laughs> I do is so electrifying. It's so enthusiastic that God has given me this gift and I just like to shine. And so people are going to be attracted to that. They don't know it's the light because it is the light of the world, which is Jesus. And so I just maybe ask the Lord, just let me, I, as it says in um, Psalm 151, Lord, may I decrease and you increase. Mm. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but your name give glory because of your mercy and because you choose. So it's like so exciting for me, Ray, when I go to these schools, when I go to a prison, when I go to an NBA halftime and I'll meet the chaplain of the NBA or WNBA and they let me sit in on chapel and I feel like a spider in a king's palace in all these places. It's like God has given me, as it says in uh, Proverbs, that God will put a shield around you like a shield of favor and you'll walk in favor and high esteem the sight of God and man. I love it. I love it. So, uh, and, and obviously you're just your love and zest and enthusiasm, not only for the Lord, but for this, amazing talent comes through for, mm -hmm. you know, even in our conversation I can easily mm -hmm. feel that um, did you come from a Christian home and background or how is it that you came to your faith in Christ yeah that's a good question 
I grew up in a very God-fearing, God-honoring family. And it was when I was like 22 years old, almost getting ready to play pro basketball, that my older brother and my older sister, someone led them both to the Lord in separate cities the same month. Mm. And so God really had a plan because when they came home and we grew up in a big family. And so we're pretty close because, well, first of all, no one ever invited us over for supper. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) We became each other's best friends. But anyway, so by, you know, I, they started witnessing to all of us. And, you know, at first I was a little bit hesitant about it because mom and dad weren't in favor of reading the Bible, even though they went to church every Sunday, they were very religious, but they didn't know anything about what Mark and Terry, my sister, were talking about because they were talking about this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I saw how mom and dad reacted to that. So I resisted it for quite some time only because I loved mom and dad so much that I didn't want to hurt them. And so I went on their side, you know, in, in all of this and, you know, still loved God. And I just honored God with my life and my morals. And, but there came a point when I just, in fact, if I could uh, illustrate it like this, um, I have a, I carry this with me. I have a flat basketball. Yeah. And this really represents what my life was like without Jesus Christ, you know, here I am at the top of my game, getting ready to play women's professional basketball. And I felt just like this on the inside. I was training and I'm like, you know, there's gotta be more to life than just like getting a job, playing basketball. What's my purpose? So I was learning more tricks and getting more ideas, but I really didn't know how I was supposed to use it. Mm. And so I remember that day that my brother Mark shared the gospel with me in a with a little track and I saw in there about how you can know that you have eternal life and I said really he who has the son of God has eternal life I write these things to you that believe on the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and I said I want that and I found out that Jesus is the way he's the truth and he's the life I was looking for the truth I was looking for the way I was looking for true life. And so when I got on my knees that day and asked Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, was buried and rose again, I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins because I didn't have to go to anyone else to ask for forgiveness. I, I, I often knew that in my heart. I thought, I wonder if I can just go straight away to him mm-hmm. and ask the Lord. And so it says in scripture, you can. So I asked Christ to forgive me and asked him to come in. And I feel like my life went from, you know, being flat and empty without a purpose to being filled up with God's Holy Spirit and his power and his life and more Mm. enthusiasm than I know what to do with. So I got to keep sharing it. And how how old were you at the time? I was about 22 and a half, 23, something like that. Getting ready to play professional women's basketball. Yeah. Wow. What a great, great pivotal point in life, not only for where you were going with your work and career and platform, but the fact that, as you just said, God filled you with his spirit 
to to make that transition. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. really, really powerful. Well, Tanya, before we go any further here in our conversation, would you be kind enough to maybe give us a website or how could folks who are listening to the conversation today, how could they learn more about you? Of course, right now under the coronavirus, we can't travel much and do productions in public gatherings. But once we kind of get back to life, um, <laughs> for people to know more about you and learn what you do. Yeah, my website is just www.tanyacrevier.com. And it's just T-A-N-Y-A-C-R-E-V-I-E-R.com. And my email and my cell number and everything is on there. So you can get a hold of me that, but that way, or so I'll just go right straight away to my website, just tanyacrevy.com and they'll be able to pull up even videos and different things where they can see yeah. what I do and what I have to offer. Yeah. Yeah, and folks, I in preparation of a conversation with Tanya today, I checked out a few videos on YouTube and so forth. It, it really is quite remarkable, and and I know we're not supposed to have envy, but I am uh, spiritually envious of your talent to be like a hold the broom or the shovel or whatever. But so Tanya, let's let's kind of then uh, talk a little bit about um, this concept that you brought up a few moments ago about being kind of a a path cutter or a way maker, um, mm -hmm. a trailblazer, I think was the phrase you used. And I would specifically, if you don't mind, um, I'd love to talk around this, around what that meant for you as a, as a woman, because one of the things we love to do here at the program is, is not only share and bring our faith into the marketplace, but we want to have some real tangible value for Christ followers who are leaders, business owners, and so forth. Uh, uh, a huge percentage of our audience are female business leaders. So I'd like for you to give us the perspective. What was it like for you to be a real trailblazer as a woman cutting a path for not only yourself, but other women in, in those early days? Just what thoughts and reflections come back to you? Ray, when I grew up in this big family, I'm in the middle of 12 kids, and I have really a good relationship with my parents who are in heaven today, however, but even with my siblings and to be a trailblazer, I really didn't see myself as being someone like that. All I did is I loved what I was learning. I loved to share it. And it just happened to be that girls and boys are both attracted to what I do. And so when I do clinics, I do them for girls and boys. I try to get co-ed if I can. And, but yet a lot of times I kind of forget about how important it is to be a role model for those young female athletes only because I grew, I have all these nieces and nephews around me and I'm intermixing with all kinds of different people all the time. So I'm not, per se going just for you know the the young gals I don't think that way I I think in big groups only because I'm in this big family and I've always have had that mindset so yeah. it just happens that I happen to play have been invited to play professional basketball and I was a trailblazer and I think that's really great for us to think about the role model that I am to my younger brother, to my younger sister, 
mm. because they've followed in my footsteps. My brother does what I do. He and his whole family. My sister does what I do. So I'm not thinking about one, you know, gender in particular like that per se. I guess my mind ray just doesn't go there. Yeah. I, I like to just include everyone. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, definitely a need, a need there. I guess I have never really, does that make sense? I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I've never really thought of myself as that because I'm surrounded every day. Like I was working with my nephew earlier today and, you know, we were doing a project and so I'm going, you know, from in and out to girls and guys. And so I don't think in those terms, like you're asking, does that make okay. sense? Yeah, it, 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 it's absolutely, and, and I think definitely, as you've shared, part of that, just growing up in the size of family with brothers and mm -hmm. sisters, and there was just such a tightness of community around that. Yeah. I, I would suspect, however, that particularly in the early days of the, you know, starting that women's professional league, there, there, yeah. my guess is, my guess is that there would have been mm -hmm. naysayers. There would have been people saying, oh, that's, you know, don't do that. That's not a pathway we should go down. and you mm -hmm. long into that. I, I at least I'm suspecting that, and I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll ask it this way: What advice or encouragement would you have, particularly for uh, women who are listening to our conversation, who are trailblazing a new business, a mm -hmm. product, or a service, or maybe they're breaking into a new area that folks said they couldn't do that? Any words of encouragement in that regard? Yeah, that's a good point there. I think that when you surround yourself with great people that have a mindset that really want to honor God with their talents and gifts, and they're not afraid to work hard, you know, they're not afraid to put in the extra mile and, you know, take extra time to spend with the Lord to really find out his direction. And if you surround yourself with people, like I like to fellowship with my siblings because we talk about God's word all of the time. We're constantly in the word. And if somebody's talking about a word, another person's like looking it up, like <laughs> and we're going to read it like right there. And, you know, we're just really seeking the Lord. So I would just say if, if there's any gals out there that are wanting to continue in their business and you know, right now, Ray, there's going to be a real struggle with keeping some businesses going. I have a fear of that right now, huh? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I even wonder about mine, <laughs> you know, because I've had three or four months of shows that have canceled, so we'll see what happens here. But I would just, as we seek the Lord and as we get in the Word and as, you know, God is so faithful, and I think that He's got us this far. He's not going to just drop us and let us go but yeah. he is going to take us through that valley of the shadow of death and we have to fear no evil because he is with us and i just am so excited about how god has just blessed me with three things as i've traveled he's always given me safe travels to and from it says in psalm 121 god's faithful and watch you're going out and you're coming in and that he, now the second thing is he's always given me like someone to share with, like you'd really know that that's probably the reason why God sent you there. 
And then the third one is that God brings someone alongside of me that encourages me along mm -hmm. the way. As I go, as you go down that weary path and you're in your business and you're, God will send those three things to you as well. I really believe when we're true to him, when we want to honor him with our life and our talent, he will watch your going out and your coming in. He'll give you someone that you can encourage, but he'll also bring someone alongside you that will help you to keep your faith built up. And I've seen that happen everywhere I go. <laughs> God is so faithful. Well, I love that. And so if you don't mind, I'll take an attempt to kind of summarize, because I wrote that down, mm -hmm. that for that leader, and in this case, of course, female leader, male leader, whatever, but yeah, love what I heard there is that we should be anticipating and having our spiritual antenna up for three things in every mm -hmm. trip or endeavor, safe travels, that God's going to be with us. He's going to protect mm -hmm. us. He's going to guide us. Amen. He's along someone he wants us to build into, disciple, yeah. encourage, yeah. equip, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. thirdly, he's going to bring somebody to encourage us and to mm -hmm. help us to continue on the journey. That's what that's fantastic yeah. advice. Yeah. I remember one time I got done with this school assembly and I had been doing assemblies all week and you know, you you get weary and tired at the end. And I remember this one gal, this one teacher just came up and she said, she was like an elementary school teacher. She's Tanya, I just want to give you a big hug. <laughs> oh my gosh. She was like, that just, I melted, you know, it's like God knew exactly what I needed at that moment. And so that was my, you know, the third one, God just brought that person. And, you know, I've had different things like that happen from time to time. And just seeing how God has given me that little girl in the front row or, you know, some athlete that, you know, is ready to give up, you know, and I, I tell kids, I had people my whole life tell me, Tanya, you're too short. I'm five feet three. There I was playing college basketball and professional basketball. But there again, Ray, I never saw myself as being short. Yeah, I didn't because I'm in this big family. I'm a basketball player. It doesn't matter. I can pass the ball. I can shoot. I can throw. You know what I mean? So when someone told me that, I was like, are you, it's almost like, are you kidding me? You know, how can that be? Because I play basketball. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, those kind of things just never entered my mind. In fact, the first time that I ever even thought that I might be short was when I saw a picture of me and one of my college uh, teammates I'm 5'3 and she was actually 6'3 and I saw a picture of us standing together and I'm like oh my maybe I am short Finally dawned I never, <laughs> first time ever you know I never ever thought about it you know why even go there with your thinking in other words just yeah be the person be that basketball player be that brother or sister be that worker, be that, be diligent, you know, whatever your hands find to say, find to do, do it with all your might, as it says in Ecclesiastes, and do your work heartily, as if you're doing it for the Lord, not for men. Amen to that. Woo, that'll preach. That is great Praise stuff. the Lord. Isn't that great? Well, God's folks, once, once again, I'm speaking with Tanya Crevier, and, and Tanya is a speaker, global entertainer um, with Enthusiasm International. you got to check her out at her website, tanyacrevier.com. Look at some of the videos, YouTube, search her out. 
as life gets back to normalcy, uh, bring her in for your corporate events, for your ministry outreaches, youth groups, whatever. You, it, it's good stuff, and you can. We're getting to know her heart, not just the skill set. Today. So, Tanya, as we transition, to, and this time always goes so fast. I love these conversations, but as we transition, kind of in the last segment here, I I kind of categorize this as advice and insights. As you look back over the course of your life or your career, what, what maybe mistake or what thing, if you had a chance to do over again, what would you do differently? Or what, what's a big lesson you've learned that maybe you could pass along to our thousands of listeners here at uh, Bottom Line Faith? I think one thing that has really been a valuable decision that I made early on was and the Lord really helped me with this because my parents always told me, Tanya, take your little brother with you. Tanya, take your little sister with you. And at first I was kind of at the prime of my game, playing pro ball, getting invited to do a few shows here and there. But I would kind of, you know, okay, I'll take them. Okay, I'll take them, you know. But I am so grateful that my parents had the insight to know that, I was going to have such a powerful, positive impact on them because it's actually changed the course of their life, mm. which I couldn't even foresee that. So for me to listen to the people that love me, and I think real champions, just listen to the people that love you, your parents, your teachers, coaches, preachers. And when you listen to those people, they really know those kinds of things and they could foresee so my brother Bruce, he and his wife, they have 12 kids and they travel all over and do a basketball show just like I do. And my sister and her husband and their kids, they do the same thing. And so I would just say that I'm really glad I didn't miss that mm. when, because it's a lot of work when you take them along. Sure. And it's a lot of effort and you got to be thinking more consciously about their needs rather than just your own. And, and it's, it's a lot of work, but every time that I look back that I took them, I am so thankful that I did because now we have all of these people that can spin, juggle, dribble basketballs, and a lot of them ride unicycles. And so now we have this army that <laughs> trained to go out and do school assemblies, basketball camps, fairs prison ministry and so because I was willing to get out of myself and say okay let's see the big picture that's why I really like taking my nephew Caleb with me now because he and I have a really fun spectacular basketball show that we do together with lots of enthusiasm and powerful message and so it's in essence Ray it's passing the baton you know yeah. so it's really trying to raise someone up that will keep the fire going so to speak and keep that light shining let your light so shine before men that they will see what you do and it can only bring glory to the father in heaven so I, wow. that's what i'd have to say about that i'm glad i didn't miss that Good, easy. Love it. yeah hey i'm gonna ask you this question this will be our secret okay <laughs> who's the best who's the best handler in your family who's the best well i say my brother is Okay. He might say I am, but I've been doing it the longest. But you know, he's just so creative, and he's uh, he's got this 
kind of an engineering mind and he can figure things out. And so I'm just glad he's my brother. So I taught him, but now I'm learning from him. <laughs> he can pass so, along the tricks that he's learning, right? <laughs> yes. And so now we're teaching each other, which is really another real victory. And oh. my nieces and nephews, you know, they challenge me all the time to, you know, keep going and learn new stuff. Yeah. So it's really working together as a, as a whole unit, as a family. I love it. That is so good. That is so good. And I, I do hope uh, to see to see the show in person, hopefully even this summer. You'll be here in Indiana, it sounds like, if God willing. God willing. Yeah, listen, maybe I would love to do coffee. We can find a coffee shop that's open. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, Tanya, I, I have time just for my last question here. My goodness, this time has just gone by so yes, fast. It has. So much fun and Yes. an encouragement to me today and I know that by the time this program airs to our listeners that they're going to be blessed and encouraged as well so our regular listeners Tanya they know that the last question I ask in every one of my interviews here at bottom line Faith, I call it my 423 question it's based out of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 where Solomon writes above all else guard your heart for from it flows all of life so I love, as you close our conversation today, Tanya, fill in the blank for me. Um, give that word of encouragement or that most important piece of advice that you'd like to share with our audience above all else. I was thinking about that as you emailed that to me prior to our conversation, Ray. And, you know, I was reading in Jeremiah, it talks about how our heart is deceitfully above all else wicked, you know, it's, it's deceitful. And since I'm involved in a lot of prison ministry, I heard a message on that verse and it just kind of changed the way I looked at it. If I could maybe present it in a way like this, like I've got to guard what comes out of my heart because my heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It says in scripture. So if the Lord searches the heart, then he's going to know it. He's the only one that knows truly my heart. So what I have to do is I have to guard what comes out of my mouth, what comes with the choices that I make. And so the way that I do that, above all else, if I can stay in the word and hopefully fill my life up with God's word so that when tragedy comes, when crisis comes, that's what's going to flow out of my heart first and foremost. So that's what I want more than anything. I want to react as Jesus would. In fact, the other day, Ray, when we were, there was a car that cut us off in front of, and I, and I right away, because I'm trying to practice this, I go, praise, <laughs> Lord, praise Lord, bless him, Lord, bless him, bless him. And I send my hands out and just bless him, protect him. You know, instead of, you know, using what is dis that deceitful heart come i'm just practicing that i'm i'm trying to put these into practice lord bless them bless them they're probably in a big hurry you know so yeah and i'm so thankful that that came out that time you know what i mean so <laughs> instead of wanting to lay hands on them <laughs> victory. yes we might have to <laughs> in jesus name of course <laughs> yes that's right hallelujah bless them lord Protect i love them. it i love it so <laughs> That above all else, and I wrote this down, this is fantastic, is we really need to be, be very intentional about guarding what comes out of our heart because the word is reminding us that it's desperately wicked. 
And so yeah. we really need to be mindful and guarded of that. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. This has been a beautiful interview here, conversation interview. I've loved it. Listen, I, I am so grateful as well. And, you know, out of tough times like we're living through right now, God opens up great opportunities. You and I were talking about this before we went on the air here, that God's not surprised by any of this that we're going through on a global or local basis. And he's got, you know, he's his name, the name of Jesus is bigger than the name of coronavirus. He, he has a total plan here. And so I'm grateful that part of the plan is that I had a chance to get to know you today, that our yeah. Got a chance to know you today. So, folks, check out Tanya's website as we talked about. Email us here at Bottom Line Faith. We can get you in touch with Tanya. Let's bless her ministry as she's blessing thousands and thousands across the country on a global basis. Tanya, thank you for being our guest here at Bottom Line Faith. Quite an honor. Thank you, Ray. All righty. Well, folks, what an amazing conversation we've just had with Tanya Crevier. And what a blessing she is. What an encouragement is. She walked us through her journey. Uh, coming to Christ, growing up in a big family, and then learning, putting a lot of effort in learning this world-class skill set that she's developed through her program called Spintacular Basketball Show. So check her out at tanyacrevier.com. And uh, if you have any questions on how to reach uh, Tanya, please let us know. That's what we're about here at Bottom Line Faith, particularly as, as the recording of this program. We're in the, the, the midst of the global pandemic crisis around COVID-19 and People are uh, scared, people are frightened, people are uncertain about their future. And uh, I just loved Tanya's word of encouragement that even in the midst, while her career, you know, and the ability to go do shows and do what she does has been shut down, just her outlook on this and her uh, words of encouragement are just simply amazing. So we just pray that you've been encouraged by our conversation here with Tanya. And... Um, We'd love to hear any thoughts or comments for you from you regarding our time with her. So until next time, I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith, encouraging you to live out your faith each day in the marketplace. God bless and we'll see you soon. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes.